321 Land Podcast and LARPBox are working together. LARPBox is a subscription box made for LARPers. When you subscribe to LARPBox, every month you'll be sent a box that'll often contain weapons, armor, accessories, and exclusive items to help complete your LARP kit. Every month they come up with a new theme, and this subscription makes a great gift for any LARPer in your life. There's no automatic charges, so you'll only get the boxes that you want. Listeners of 321 Lay On Podcast can save 10% on their order by using the code 321PODCAST at checkout. That's all one word. The number is 321 and the word podcast. Visit LARPbox.com for more information. Creator, owner, president of LARPbox, or what do you prefer? Uh, Overlord? Owner. Owner. (laughs) (laughs) Overlord. (laughs) King Supreme. Welcome to 321 Lay On Podcast, Next Level Nerd's official LARP podcast. Please visit nextlevelnerd.com to see all of our shows. You can see our social media profiles and talk to us there and see what we got going on. Subscribe if you want to get all the new episodes. And if you like anything, give us a review on iTunes or a like, a share, tell your friends. That always helps us out. Joining me today is one of my favorite LARPers. Joseph Gaffney, how you doing, man? I would blush, but nobody would be able to tell. <laughs> How's it going, man? <laughs> Good. Getting ready for the holidays. Um, trying to take care of sick kids. Trying to run podcasts. It's all fun. Absolutely. <laughs> as well as taking on new projects. We can talk about that yeah. another time, though. <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, we have a special guest today. All of our guests are special, sure. I should say. But <laughs> joining us today is Bart Brise. Is that right? Yeah, that's close enough. <laughs> you messed Sorry, it up. I'm terrible with names. And yeah. Anyway, joining us is Bart, owner and creator of LARP Box, a LARP subscription box by LARPers for LARPers kind of thing. Every month you get new items to add to your kit and fun things that any LARPer auto enjoy. We, I've, I've known about this company for a while and been just kind of watching it. Bart had contacted us. Uh, recently about a sponsorship so just wanted to get that out there he's uh one of our sponsors of the show um but i've been wanting to talk to him anyway because i find his uh his product super cool and the whole business model very interesting so anyway thanks for joining us bart how you doing doing good thank you tell us a little bit about who you are and maybe a little bit your LARP background so i've lived in maine most of my life and uh while i was going to the university of maine I think I was home on like Christmas break one time and I watched, uh, I forget the name of the movie. Oh, Knights of Bad Astem. And like, although they kind of make fun of LARP and they present it as kind of dumb, I was like, you know, this kind of looks awesome. Like (laughs) it looks silly, but kind of looks awesome. Mm -hmm. So, um, I was, I messaged my, uh, my then girlfriend, now wife, Chrissy. And I was like, Hey, you know, I kind of want to try out LARP. I found one in Maine, and um, it was a, a game called Mistwood, which was like a medieval fantasy game. Um, uh, like, uh, calling it a generic medieval fantasy sounds bad, but like, it is. is sure. Once you played one, you can kind of right. join another and <laughs> fit in the flow of it pretty well. Right. Um, and it was a great game. It was a good game for, for beginner LARPers or like people who uh, um, don't especially like giant rule books, which was good for okay. me because. Up until then, I had no LARPing experience, and um, 
no like tabletop role playing game experience, which I, I know a lot of people go from like D and D or Pathfinder or something into LARP, but I didn't play any of those. I done airsoft, which I guess is is kind of sort of LARP. It's funny. This sounds like Joe's story. <laughs> yeah, this is like my story. This is I got into LARP because of a movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so like I I joined. I played for probably couple of years and and while i was playing i was also taking like sculpture classes and art classes at the university um i was majoring in psychology but i was taking art classes for fun mostly and to fill those credit hours somewhere along the line i decided hey it'd be cool to make some armor and so i'm the only person in my sculpture class making like a gauntlet um because why start out with something easy and um so I finished it. It came out pretty nice, uh, and I had po- I posted it on either eBay or Etsy or something, and that was how I got my first sale. Nice. Since then, I've had workshops in unheated garages. Uh, now my basement, and soon a real workshop. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of trying to figure out like a niche within the LARP okay. space for makers and. Um, LARPbox came about because I was really trying to figure out how I could make it into a full-time job. Um, there are a million small retailers of like Epic Armory and stuff like that that like every LARP pretty much has that woman or that guy that like sells those brands or like their their crafter person in the game. Right. But um, there's a pretty tough ceiling on that. So uh, I think that same year i got loot crate for my birthday okay and i kind of liked it but uh my geek interests were pretty narrow compared to what they were offering which was kind of a generalized geek thing even though there were themed boxes they just weren't um things that i would ever really enjoy i have like a handful of the stuff from it still but most of it i gave away sure and i was like you know it'd be really cool if there's a larp one so i Googled it and tried to find out if there was anything for LARPers, and there wasn't. So it's like this could be it. This is this is the niche that's not being filled, and um, kind of took off from there. Um, mm-hmm. sp- spent like a year doing research and talking to all sorts of companies, trying to get wholesales set up with them, and doing like marketing for the, for the project. So that way, when I launched the Kickstarter, it wasn't just out of the blue. People right. were were ready for it. And uh, smart. when I finally did launch it, it got funded in like a day, I think. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this is what year? That was uh, 2016. The, the, cool. Like the fall, winter of 2016. Okay. And then the first box shipped like March of 2017. And then I've been doing a box every month since then. And other projects and uh other stuff working with all sorts of cool people and um traveling to different games to to learn more yeah it's been it's been kind of wild that the last two years have gone so fast yeah. and i've done so much wow, that's awesome what do you think's kind of contributed to that the most do you think you just had a good plan or you um just saw that uh niche to fill um like what what do you think is maybe i don't know what I'm trying to ask, like different that made this work than, you know, other people are trying to do stuff in the LARP industry. Yeah. Part of it is that it's a, a unique thing. No one else has really 
um, seriously tried to do a subscri- subscription box for LARPers. Also that I really early had the support of some pretty cool people like uh, Epic Armory had already talked to me. Calamus had already talked to me. Um, Artisans Day is there. The, uh, they have a beautiful store in uh, Montreal. Um, yeah. yeah, they do. <laughs> I have store envy for them. Um, and uh, also like really early before I'd even secured like funding or anything i had i had printed some sample boxes and then sent them to some youtubers just to like see if they liked it so like larp girl was really helpful at the beginning and um larp house was super super helpful and morgan o'brien i think those are the three i sent uh Mm -hmm. sample boxes to and that was for a larp that no longer exists but it was kind of a themed box that Mm -hmm. they could enjoy the items from it um so i sent them all those boxes and they really liked it and that got me a lot of attention from people who didn't know who I was because I'm just this LARPer from Maine which has it's a state with like 200 LARPers maybe sure (laughs) (laughs) so uh you know it it instantly put me kind of on the map with um people who are gonna support the project and yeah totally I I don't think that there's a good amount of luck that went into it. I don't, I definitely don't think I did anything that was like super special that like, I don't have like a, these are my five steps to success type of thing. But like, <laughs> sure. it was more right place, right time kind right, of thing. Right, yeah. Right place, right time. And, and, um, trying to do it right. right yeah. Like yeah. Ra- really not trying to, to half-ass anything. Sure. And I think that helped. Yeah. That's going to say like a lot of smart moves, um, obviously taking your time with it. And connecting with the right people, um, we were sort of talking this show before the show started about the size of the community and um, you know the audience and stuff like that. So it's it's small but varied, but I think the size kind of helps you choose at least the focus, you know. Um, so you you were right to you know most anyone who's into LARP in into LARP enough that they would get a subscri- subscription box is going to know all those things you just said, you know, Epic Armory and Calmsill and the YouTubers and stuff like that, probably. So cool. Well, yeah, let's back up a little bit. Um, kind of more of the getting it together. Like you can so you decide I'm going to do this. Um, where did you go from there? Um, was it deciding the kind of the nuts and bolts of it, what to put in a box? What was that like? Yeah, I, I, I knew that I had to fit a pretty tight budget on every box. Like, subscription boxes don't work by having like a high profit item you have to just sell a bunch of things to make a profit on it um so one good thing about having tight constraints is it makes you more creative i think um if you have unlimited resources to do a thing then uh it can almost be harder than like here's you know 15 dollars and you have to spend it and make it worth $50. Right. So that was helpful just to kind of early on learn what stuff cost, where I could get it. And, um, shipping, shipping was a, a huge mm. hurdle that now seem to me seems super simple. But at the time I was comparing shipping prices from all these places, figuring out how I'm doing bulk shipping. Like I didn't know anything about, um, shipping software or like, that you could just have this stuff at your house, like a, a thermal printer. Like it all seemed 
I had to learn so, so much. It, and it was funny because I came up with the idea in like the last semester of my, of college. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was working on it in a class that I shouldn't have been working on it in, but I was like, well, this, this cra- class is for like elective credits and I'm working on my job now. So, so I know the teacher was like, you know, you don't seem to be paying attention to class. I'm like, nope, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm working on this, this thing that is hopefully going to be a job. Um, so <laughs> probably not good advice probably but uh at least Probably i finished I, I finished and graduated so that's yeah, that's good go. um you know because my boss cares what degree i have uh exactly <laughs> so yeah figuring out all the things i had to learn because when you don't know enough to know even the right questions to ask it can be yeah. kind of difficult sure um like marketing on social media I had to learn how to do that I had um and all these things that I had to learn um I got helped along the way by just connections I'd made um I think early on I talked to somebody who did uh social media marketing for LARPs the series um she uh she reached out to me because she just thought the the project sounded cool and then she just gave me a bunch of free advice and I was it was great. Um, it helped so much with growing like the Facebook page audience and getting an email list together, and um, it was insanely helpful. Uh, I think her name's Summer. Okay. Um, and yeah, that and and stuff like that kept happening where I, I somebody would you know give me a shot and tell me like nope this is the best way to do this that I found and having friends that are more talented than you or know more than you is is always super helpful. Sure. That's why Joe's my friend. <laughs> he's he's a talented one, to clarify. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's you know, I think it's pretty plain to see that it's it's a project and a product that only helps the community. So anyone that cares about, you know, what the LARP community and the people in it and what they're doing is gonna see it and be like, Oh, that's a really cool thing. Um, you know, it's just it's fun, it's uh, you know, gives equipment and items or whatever, you know, to, um, other people in the community. Um, so I think it, that value of it's kind of obvious, um, to anybody working in the community. Yeah. yeah. I think, uh, all of the like content creators and stuff that have popped up recently, like podcasts and YouTubers and stuff all when it's done professionally and, and looks good, sounds good. Um, it adds legitimacy to the hobby, hmm. which I think is super important. Yeah. Um, when it used to be basically clubs of friends in the woods, like there, there's no um, professional face to that hobby. So you hmm. can't, it's harder to get into. It's, it's more insular. Um, now I think it's, it's growing, it's growing slowly, but um people always say, oh, it's becoming more mainstream. And to be honest, it is kind of. Uh, and the better LARP looks from the outside looking in, um, the more people are likely to, to pick it up as a hobby, I think. Sure. Definitely. And you're you're definitely uh, giving them the means to do that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Which is probably why you've gotten like a lot of support, you know. Like, I, I saw your Kickstarter when it went live. Um, and at the time I, you know, like I didn't have, like I was just starting out LARPing probably two years, 
to three years earlier than that. And so it was kind of like, it was this weird transition of, I wasn't actually LARPing at the time. I was starting to like help a group of friends create a LARP. (laughs) So it was like, well, I'm kind of putting all my money towards that. So like, I hate that I can't like support this because it's like an awesome thing. But um, yeah, I think I definitely would have like probably hopped on right at the beginning because it seemed like, you know, from what I saw on the Kickstarter, everything, you know, you're talking about being legit as you can be. And, you know, the backing of like Epic Armory and Kalmasil definitely helped in a, in a big way. Like to get big names like that is like, you know, kind of put you on the map, I think, you know. Yeah, it was it was definitely helpful that um, some of the the bigger brands gave me a shot early on, because uh, if I had started out trying to make as much stuff as I do now, it never would have happened. Um, I the only reason I can make stuff now and know how to make stuff now is because I kind of got a leg up early on, uh, and now I the business makes enough that I can experiment with stuff and teach myself new skills and um and i still buy from all those companies obviously because when you need a hundred throwing knives uh or you know 200 of something like i just purchased like a hundred elf ears <laughs> there's no way i'm going to make those elf ears myself sure. it's just t- take too too long and um like there are people who do it better and it's better just to support those folks Right, yeah. Did you get it's it's Aradani? Did you get that? I didn't. I haven't oh. talked to them about wholesale yet, and I really should. I think if I redo the Fay box, I will talk to them because they have some really cool, like, extra long elf ears and stuff that yeah. would really fit in that. Um, and I've I've been recommended them a bunch of times. <laughs> uh, recommended again. <laughs> <laughs> when I first started LARPing, that was probably uh, that was the first. LARP thing that I ever bought like as far as from a company like everything else I kind of made myself like me and my wife um, got into it at the same time and um, the character that I played like needed ears and they had like their anime ears and I was just like I need these (laughs) (laughs) and I I was like it was more money than I thought like I should be spending on it because I think they were like somewhere between 15 to 20 dollars for the pair and I didn't know like is that a fair price for like, you know, latex ears or whatever? And I bought them and I was, I still have them. Like they're my favorite pair and I've, I've bought other ears from other companies and they like fell apart over time. But for whatever reason, the Aradani ones, like they're still like, there's whatever the material they kind of like make out of. They like, it lasted like this long, like five plus years. So definitely. Right I now. thought you were going to say they're like <laughs> 30 or 40 bucks. Cause you know, they might be I, more. <laughs> I, I haven't I researched them enough because I don't usually play any non-human characters. I just, I'm super lazy. with. Uh, I want my kit to be able to, I'll do a lot of work on my kit, but I don't want it to be hard work in the morning when I'm tired to put on. Gotcha. <laughs> um, like I, I, uh, I painted a orc mask my own skin color so I wouldn't have to wear um, face paint or anything. I didn't want to paint myself green. <laughs> <laughs> that's what i play and it's uh, i'm talking to a guy right now actually about see when he can make me a mask so. <laughs> just for time's sake <laughs> effort's sake yeah it's a lot i 
I think um, when we started the nonprofit that I work with, uh, one of the first characters I made for that game that's like an NPC was like full prosthetic makeup. And that was like, like, I'm really happy. It turned out really well. Um, but man, that was a chore getting that on for the game. And then like, I would probably still do it because it's just that's just how I am. Like I love, like when I play a character, I don't want it to be me. I want it to be the character. And so there's just something about putting on the full makeup and kind of disguising myself and subduing like my face. And I'll even like change my voice for like the characters, um, or like come up with like a tick or whatever to like you know subdue any parts of myself that I'm like, I don't want that to like come through. (laughs) No. Yeah. Like having a costume that makes you feel like the character actually makes you think differently and act differently. Not, and not even on purpose there, there is um, some cool psych study. uh, See, this is my psych degree coming out. Uh, (laughs) uh, uh, I forget who did it, but it was about um, enclosed cognition. And they basically did um, tests on folks doing a puzzle uh, in like their plain clothes, and then they took another group and did. Uh, they gave them a coat and said, "This is a doctor's coat." <laughs> they wore it, and they did better on the puzzle because they while well, they were wearing the doctor's coat. So, like, what you're wearing actually makes you uh, think differently. And I know that I feel more confident. Um, I feel like indestructible when I'm wearing my my armor kit, and not just because it's metal. I mean, it's like. It, it's not really pr- it's not gonna stop protective metal, but I just feel like I can like <laughs> sure. you know take on a line of soldiers or something. Um, and I think having like being able to like slowly upgrade your kit over time helps with that. Uh, and part one of the goals of Larkbox is just to kind of give access to folks some things that will make their character more unique or something they can give to another character in game, which. Um, is always cool. Like I like giving in-game gifts to people, um, and it always makes them remember you. And uh, um, they'll they'll wear it on their kit, and, and like two years later, they'll say like, "Oh yeah, this is the thing yeah. you gave me." All the thing ago, and it makes you feel good. So nice. Those are cool motivations uh, that keep this going. I think for you and put you in the right direction as far as what's going to work for putting in these boxes and stuff. Well, let's uh, let's learn a little more about the boxes. Um, if someone's listening and this is the first time they're hearing about it, um, you can do some highlights or some generalizations or just describe some boxes, whatever you think gives somebody a good idea. Yeah, it, it's gone over a few different versions of the box. Like I actually raised the price on the box uh, last spring because I realized I just was doing too much work for not enough pay personally. And sure. um uh, some of the costs of the items went up and whatnot, but basically the formula of the box I try to keep to is um, all the items in the box should be usable things. Like none of it's uh, a decoration, or and if it is a decoration, then it's something that you can interact with. Um, so it's not going to be a thing that sits on your shelf in your house and doesn't do anything. If if it is. Um, something that will go on a wall it's some you have to interact with it to 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 make it whole like i did a um uh, a family tree that was screen printed on canvas one time and um 
it was blank so you could fill it in with your own character's family tree. Uh, and all the props should be things that like are both durable but also like safe for use in LARP. So um, I try really hard to stay away from like glass bottles and things like that um, unless it's unless they're super rugged. Uh, all of them are kind of um, they're every box is themed, so everything in the box should fit around that theme, but also many of it, many of the items have like a, a more generalized use, like just because you get an elf dagger in a box doesn't mean you can't use that for like pretty much any character that carries little throwing knives. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, a, a notebook that you get in a box could be used for pretty much any character, but um, it might have something special that ties it to the theme of the box, like uh, the Hunter's Box, which actually came, I think came out really good, just shipped out, and um, I'm keeping the notebook from that for myself. Uh, it also came with like a, a Kalamazoo wooden stake, which I I don't have a use for, but I want one. Um, <laughs> which is also a danger of doing this is like I get like 15 new items a, a month in, and I have to keep myself from like picking favorites out of the boxes and keeping them because eventually I'm just going to drown myself in LARP gear. Um, I have the mark of a true LARPer. far too many swords. Uh, yeah. And it's even more dangerous when you get them wholesale and you're like, well, if I don't like it, I could just sell it. But then it just goes in the wall and stays there. Yeah. Things we've all told ourselves. Yeah. I actually downstairs and in, in my living room right now. I, I make monsters for our game, and I have like five or six of them hung up on the wall, <laughs> like the heads. <laughs> awesome. Like I defeated them. <laughs> In a way. In a way. Uh, <laughs> I also try to stick to to brands that I um, will personally use, mm-hmm. uh, even if I won't use the item personally. I there's some brands which I I just won't carry because I just don't like the quality of it or know something about the company that I'm not thrilled about um so it's not just that like these are the brands i could get they're the ones that i want to get uh there are definitely some companies on my list that are ones i want to get and haven't yet um Mm -hmm. probably because i just haven't followed up on some email stuff uh but uh like berg berg schneider is a cool company that i want to get soon um I think i talked to them last year but they were it was like the middle of the holiday season and they were swamped so um but like most of the other major companies have either reached out to or haven't for reasons um and i feel like i could be fairly impartial when i'm uh recommending stuff to people because i like look i sell everything like sure. i'll tell you if i think Kalamazoo is going to work for your game or a, a B3 buffer is going to work for your game. Like, it's not that I like one more than the other. I just, you know, can recommend certain things for people. Right. And like we were saying, there's a variety. And especially when it comes to those kind of props, your game style might totally, you know, vary on what's good yeah. for you. If you're strictly role-playing, you just want a sword as a prop, then you could use whatever, really. <laughs> you know, but if it's a heavy yeah. combat, you probably want something that's really padded and and durable and whatever you know and that that varies i won't signal out <laughs> i won't signal out camisil but i like camisil but in the area where i live 
not a lot of people when I started LARPing in the LARP community liked Camosil because they felt it was like too hard or like rigid. And their product has definitely like improved like over the years. Like now, I think like they're they're definitely one of the leading uh, LARP weapon makers, um, probably at least in kind of America. Um, even like people that didn't like them before that I LARP with are now starting to buy Camusil weapons. Um, and I just like for me, from my perspective and from what I've owned from them, like the durability is like definitely there. So. Oh yeah. I mean, I personally own several Camusil weapons, but they're definitely not mm. appropriate for all games. Yeah. Um, and climates. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was just going to say, like I like lost train of my, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, like, Climate-wise, they're not really great for like cold weather, and well, even like really hot weather. But depending on the player, their durability um, is there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I kind of disagree a little bit, but uh, yeah. mostly because if you compare them to like latex, latex doesn't like cold, cold weather. Um, like it actually is bad for it. Whereas Kalamazoo, it doesn't. Uh, things might hurt a little more, but. Um, it's not going to damage the weapon, which is good. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, that's what I meant. I meant like the the stiffness of the the weapon definitely like increases like the colder. But that's with any kind of yeah like, anything you're getting hit by is yeah. yeah. For games like um, like Bicoline, where the hit points are really really small, a Calamus weapon isn't bad because you're getting hit three times maybe. Mm-hmm. But a game where you've got ten hit points or more, uh, like a lot of the accelerant games in New England or any of the ones that that have these these high hit counts like getting hit that many times with a weapon like that kind of sucks <laughs> uh sure. and and honestly if you're you're playing against people who have ultralight buffers you're gonna get outclassed anyway so it's yeah <laughs> i totally agree with using the weapon that is appropriate to the game not just the prettiest but um not me i'm all about aesthetic <laughs> no <laughs> just good well you make a lot of your own um to a degree ashton yeah Pretty much all of it. I did buy one latex. I forget the brand, to be honest. Um, mostly just because I hadn't bought one at that point, you know? Like I, like, I LARPed a long time ago when none of these companies exist, as far as I know. <laughs> um, and it was just you had to make anything you wanted. Um, and then when I got back into it a couple of years ago, you know, it, it had exploded, these different companies and the things they offered and, and all that. Um so I, I vaguely remember latex weapons becoming popular right before I had stopped like a decade or so ago. Um, but yeah, now they're super popular and I kind of just wanted one just to like see what it was like and see if I liked that better or, or you know, something about having it and it like just looking more realistic that feels nice, you know, Spe- especially in our game. Yeah. I think it's just there's were a lot of people that had them also. So it kind of felt like a if I'm being honest, like a status thing, maybe or a superficial kind of thing, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but I think I'm over that now. <laughs> Which is funny because, like, I like your saying, Bart. Um, <laughs> they out, they get outclassed by the NPCs because we don't buy latex weapons for any NPCs. We just have ultra light buffers. Right. <laughs> we send them out with dual wield, you know, two hand, two, you know, short buffers or whatever, and they just, you know. <laughs> Kind of wreck everybody. Everybody has to stand <laughs> yeah. behind, stand behind like giant yeah. shields so they can't like hit them as much. <laughs> yeah, games like that. I I take um, a B three sword too. I have a couple of my own, and um, B three Imagination Studios is a company in um, Massachusetts that uh, has been making ultralight weapons for 15, 20 years, something like that. 
Um, mm -hmm. One of the first ones, like actually producing them for retail. Uh, and soon I'll be working out of his workshop because um, he's the company that I did the um, muskets with. Uh, nice. Which came about in a uh, kind of a funny way. But um, Ben, the owner, and I both play Bickling and he's been making some some items for that game as well because um, no one was retailing nine foot spears. Uh, they all been well. Nine foot spears are, are how you win battles in that game, and uh, they've been making them out of like bamboo or fiberglass, and it was kind of the wild west of like manufacturing things. It was uh, the only thing that was still duct tape really was pole arms, and um, he started to produce some really nice, very light, very safe pole arms that just wreck people and um, changing the game a little bit up there, which is fun. Hmm. Um, our, we kind of joke that our guild is like a, a, a arms dealers because we've got <laughs> um, one person who used to professionally make latex weapons and we've got Ben and we've got Alyssa, his assistant and me and um, a handful of other people that like do it as a hobby and just, you know, making all sorts of crazy weapons to, to beat the meta of the game, it's fun. <laughs> so, it, is that your game of choice right now? Yeah, um, I mean, I could. That's a whole other podcast's worth of things I could talk about this game forever. Um, <laughs> there's mean, certainly some issues with it, but okay. Short description, because I've actually never heard. I've heard of it, but I've never researched like kind of how it's played. Or... Uh, it's it's a very unique game at least to the US and not just in like the size, but it has a really deep geopolitical, like game of Thrones esque um, narrative that goes on. But then it also has an almost purely sport combat part okay. too. Um, like the, the battles and stuff that are there are actually like representative of fights that are happening in a virtual game like a, a big game of risk. Oh, okay. um, so like if your character dies in a battle, it, your character's not dead. It, you're just playing soldier number five. Oh, cool. You're still playing yourself, but you're also a soldier. It's, it's a little, I think I gotcha. If you think about it too hard, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense, but when you're playing it, it makes perfect yeah. sense. Um, Ashton probably I, understands it because I was talking about a game like this, yeah, I was but just thinking that, <laughs> 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 I was actually I've been I've been writing a, a game that's like sort of like a fun side project and I probably annoy him with it all the time. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But it's but it's based off of like using nerf guns and not really but it's definitely like a Game of Thrones esque kind of thing. Yeah, like <laughs> I won't talk about the, it, but <laughs> it'll just get annoyed. The, this game's been going phone. on for Twenty years, I think. No, oh, wow. wow, more than that. They're, I think they had their twentieth anniversary a couple of years ago. And this, um, go ahead. I was gonna say, did this originate in in Europe? Uh, I don't so think so. A... I think it kind of grew out of a fairly small game, and people just started building buildings there, and mm -hmm. um, it blossomed out of that. Like, it's pretty much halfway between Quebec City and Montreal, so you've got two big oh. centers that can play it, and then. Um, land in Shawinigan, the, the area that it's in, um, is really, really cheap. So that helped. Oh, uh, <laughs> and yeah, it just kind of blossomed, I think, from there. I, I don't know a lot about the history of it, because I've only been playing for uh, 
three or four years now, but um, the geopolitical part of it is super complicated and there's so many pieces on the board and things that I'm, I'm still learning. Like I won't pretend to know everything that's going on in the game. But you've been going for three or four years, so that sort of speaks for itself, right? Yeah. <laughs> As a good game. Yeah. Now, did you just, you, you had talked about you decided you want to try it out and you just researched games and came across this? and it, I don't remember where I saw stuff about it. It, it might have been the Voyage North that I first saw stuff. Or it might have been okay. Lark Girl, who was, I think, doing marketing for the Voyage North. But So I went with them my first and second year. And then this last year I went, not on my own, but I, I like had my own tent and stuff like that and a different guild. But um, So that was a really good introduction to it too because I got to meet a lot of people and like uh, get a good foundation of the game because it is big and confusing because it's also mostly in another language. Yeah, right. So unless you're fluent in French, and not just French, like Quebecois French, then it can be pretty intimidating if you don't already have some connections there. Although it's not that so, expensive of a game, which is kind of nice. So, you're like a foreign invader. <laughs> it it definitely helps with immersion, and it's a thing that the French players don't understand, and they they never think about until we talk to it, talk to them about it. Um, when people are talking out of game, but it's in French, and you can't understand them, it just adds to the ambiance anyway. Right. So they could be talking about like a hockey game, and <laughs> it doesn't matter because right. you know you can't hear it. So it definitely feels like you're in fantasy land because because uh, awesome. <laughs> it's all French, yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah, we, maybe we'll have to have you on and some of your guildmates, maybe or someone. I'm from, sure they would love the to do that. That would be cool episode because yeah, their logo is like the seahorse, right? Big right yeah. yeah, yeah, it's okay. the seahorse. Yeah, it's like a huge like city, basically, right? Yeah. Yeah. Looks way too intimidating for me for now. <laughs> <laughs> but, I'm uh, like all ears and Ashton's like nope too much <laughs> I'd watch no. <laughs> it's I mean like that could be something we talk about in an in episode all about it but it's it's really if you know just a handful of people there it's not nearly as complicated to get into as it seems it's just you know you need a passport and you need to be able to drive from wherever or fly in but the game itself is pretty cheap well we're in Pennsylvania so it's not that far I guess now there are people that come up from like Virginia that I know. There are people that come from California. Actually, I have some friends from Australia that play. Oh, nice. Cool. Actually, Carrie, the the model that is on the um, oh, right. the Elf Box picture right now, she I met her at Bickling, oh, cool. uh, my first year. Nice. Tie it back to LARP Box. We'll get back into that. <laughs> yeah, that's been like one of the awesome things about going to this game is that. Everybody who is a professional LARP anything in Canada pretty much plays this game. Yeah, cool. So, like, I'm friends with the owners of Nemesis now because they're in the same country mm, as yeah. my guild. And, um, <laughs> they like, the owner of Epic Armory Unlimited has a building there. And, oh, like, wow. and his partners I get to talk to, um, the folks that run Kalamazoo play there. Uh, artisans is or like all these folks so, that like so you go on the play talented. or like make connections so <laughs> little column a, a little player. column b <laughs> yeah yeah um if you want to make it in larp i guess this is the game to play maybe <laughs> it's it definitely no matter how good you feel like you are at making things there are people that are so much better there like i thought like my costume was pretty great when i went the first time and i'm like oh no i need to do so much more work and i don't i'm one of those people who never 
it's never done. I'm, I'm never going to have a good enough kit. Sure. Um, and <laughs> so I see these people with these just outrageous kits that like they didn't even buy. They made them. Wow. And uh, just lots of costume envy. It's good, though, because it forces you to... Uh, yeah. What does it force you to? But it gives you something to aspire to. Right. I just created for a friend of mine start a, a post-apocalyptic game, and we had one on the show before. Um, but the character that I'm making, it's gonna definitely gonna take me like a year to two years to finish everything <laughs> that I have for that character, and probably you know continued onward after that. But <laughs> I love I love that aspect of LARPing. Like it's been a while since I've. You know, I, I make stuff for the game that I I staff at, but like I don't make stuff for myself, which I don't want to say that there's a distinction <laughs> for our players, but l- there definitely is. Like I'll definitely put more work, but that's you know more work into my own stuff for myself, but that's more just because it's my own money, it's my own time, but yeah, also because yeah. I don't have time constraints. So like, sure. if I need to like make a character or piece of armor or something for a character at the game, I need to have it done in a month. <laughs> Absolutely. Whereas, like, you can't can spend continue. like, yeah. Yeah. Like there are things that I make for myself that if I had to do them for a custom order, I don't even know how I would charge enough for it. Like I would feel, I'd feel bad charging the amount of time it took. Mm. Um, I did this like, uh, this fancy leather, um, Gorget for myself just to try it out. And I, when I finished, I was like, man, the amount of time I spent on this, this would be like an $800 item. And there's no way I could, in good conscience, charge $800 for this thing because it's not good enough for that. But mm. for myself, you know, and, and I'm sure you guys are the same. Like, you make things that are special for yourself and um, you put a little more work into it. Plus, you know, your own body size and, and yeah. what you like. So it's easier in some ways. But yeah, I always change my armor almost every other game. People are like, oh, did you get new armor? I'm like, well, technically it's the same card, but it looks different. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it is It is an awesome thing about LARP and for anyone who's of a creative in- inclination, uh, a, a really good outlet for it. Yeah, and because there's so many that do it, you can build off each other and learn techniques and stuff. Yeah. And um, that's been really cool over the years is to, to continuously get better at my craft and um, talk to people who are better th- than me at it. Sure. Which there are many, of course, but right. And online now there's just more resources and the access oh, to yeah. information and techniques is so easy that it's almost just a matter of time and effort, you know? Yeah. You need to have a lot of time, a lot of effort or money yeah. to make a good LARP kit. <laughs> If you work in the LARP industry, then at least you can, like, in good conscience, put aside a bunch of time to learn a thing sure. um, to make this thing. Like, yeah, it's research for blah, 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 but it's, I want a fancy breastplate, but. Right. Well, I know you have that psychology degree, but we don't got to get into the reasons of <laughs> why we trick ourselves and <laughs> why Joe spends more time on his own gear than staff. <laughs> well, there's always, there's a joke, too, of, like, uh, why buy it when I can make it myself for seven times the cost, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I make stuff that I could never buy. Well, that's not true. <laughs> I'm making I'm making a diving suit. <laughs> so I guess I could buy one, but then it would be 
probably 10 times the weight <laughs> i'd probably die uh <laughs> after oh, like like a like a old school like fishbowl yeah. that's awesome yep. <laughs> <laughs> that would be really cool is this for a post-apocalyptic game or yeah i'm playing uh it's actually a reverse diving suit too so i'm a character who's like a a fish person um specifically (laughs) specifically an angler fish (laughs) and so like i have to i'm making it in such a way that like i'm actually using it to breathe like (laughs) so i have to make it look like there's water inside and this is something that i decided to do and then learn that the characters don't they can breathe on land and i'm like Eh, fuck it. <laughs> Maybe the character has like fish asthma yeah, or something, yeah, yeah. and they need yeah. Or since he's a deep fish, <laughs> yeah, deep fish, yeah, water fish. He needs special water or whatever. Well, well, and part well, part of the whole aesthetic of the the suit is that it's like semi futuristic looking, um, because it's supposed to represent this um, science lab or like sea lab like under the sea that like they did all these experiments and i don't know the full backstory of that because i was like i'm making this character who like found this stuff or maybe they're from the sea lab and maybe that's how they came to be but like i just kind of gave it to them as my backstory and so wherever that goes is where it goes but i just know that i'm wearing this suit from this company that like is derelict (laughs) at the bottom of the that ocean. sounds super fun. <laughs> so it's just like, just go whatever you know, direction yeah. you want with that plot. <laughs> so when's the uh, fish-themed LARP box coming out? There you go. Yeah, the... Uh, <laughs> Maybe underwater like or something. Some yeah. Bunch Aquatic. of scales in there. And... <laughs> yeah, so I, guess, I guess like some of the, the easier tropes to do is like elves and mercenaries and different stuff like that i guess that's probably yeah i try not to get like too niche with it mm-hmm. uh if i get too specific into you know anthropomorphic fish or something then People it might be a little subscribe. harder to sell some boxes <laughs> like unless you know somehow they become super popular uh okay. people have been asking for a couple themes that i'm just like i don't think there are that many people who play that like um, I think a bard box would be really cool, but I also don't think that enough people would want it. And um, there's a couple others that that pop up every once in a while that people are like do this thing. Like I don't know. I know there are some of you who really like playing that, but I just don't know if there's enough for me to, you know, right. eat and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Got to run a business, man. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, the bard would probably be hard to do um you'd probably have to like kind of make it a mock-up of a couple of different D classes to kind of like fill right yeah it, each. it'd probably have to be like artisans or something yeah. kind of more generalized uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, entertainers or something or yeah yeah uh i i i've actually pulled stuff like directly from the um player's handbook for D yeah. just for inspiration i've pulled stuff from like uh skyrim from fallout a little bit like some of the places where i get inspiration from for my own characters i I pull like ideas from those just to get ideas for uh for themes and for items and things Uh, a friend of mine had like a a pile of 
item cards for D&D from like the 90s, the early 90s. And I was flipping through them. I'm like, oh, that sounds like a cool LARP box item. I could see exactly what that would look like. And I just took a stack and was using those as inspiration for a little while. Nice. But uh, yeah, themes are always difficult, not just because it has to be one that people are going to really engage with, but also have to find a cool picture Mm. to fit with it. And there aren't a lot of people with good costumes that also take good pictures sure. uh, <laughs> in the LARP world. Mm-hmm. And um, it's tough because like, usually people are there to play a game and they're not there to take pretty pictures. Um, and if they are, they might have a great kit, but then they've got like a metal folding chair behind them or something and I can't use it and I don't want to spend that long <laughs> Red, doing Photoshop. Red Solo <laughs> Cup. Sneakers. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Um, I've gotten really lucky a few times where I've gotten a picture at like the last possible minute for a theme I wanted. Um, I've, I've paid some folks, I've traded, like I've bartered with people and some people just, you know, are happy enough to, uh, promote themselves or help LARP bucks and give me photos. Uh, it's helped me kind of discover some, some cool talent out there. And so far, everybody that's been a, been in one of the theme photos has been a LARPer. So, um, it's That's definitely a plus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keep it in the family kind of thing. <laughs> it, it definitely is kind of like a, a self-imposed um, challenge mm-hmm. to do that. Like I could get cool fantasy pictures, but they wouldn't be LARPers and like they might be cosplayers or something, which is close, but like, you know, there's, there's some, it's kind of cool to be able to promote, look at this LARPer with this awesome kit that they made and um, took the time to take some cool photos with. So, so is that like you're, you're going to kind of try and stick with that or is your goal to like add a marketing sort of department that sort of either makes those setups or yeah, like an in-house uh, team or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> that would be nice. Um, <laughs> so the, the house right now is, is me and occasionally my wife um, yeah. and my dog barks at the mailman. So the three of us, uh, it's a team. yeah, big team. Sorry. So most of it's all done by me, and um, I get ideas from some folks, and uh, I get help with packing boxes or making items sometimes. But I think it makes sense to keep uh, the kind of tradition so far of of having all the pictures be LARPers and try to keep it within the the LARP community, just to like self promote our ourselves. Like again, with the yeah. adding legitimacy to the hobby, you know, you, um, not everybody can look as cool as some of these folks, but it's something that you can you can look at and be like, I want to look like that person or I want to, I, I want to aspire to that. So, and a lot of them look a lot cooler than what I do for costumes sometimes. So it's, it's, it's also for me, I feel that way. Like, you know, when I aspire to that. So. Cool. Has every box had a different theme so far or? Uh, yes, except for elves, which is the, the one going on right now. Um, it's the first repeat theme, but it's one that people kept asking for back. And I had kind of some, I had some issues with it the first time and wanted to update some things. So now I'm doing it again with some new items and I, I'll probably do that, uh, more, but I won't have it be like every bucks won't be a repeat. Um, like the one for next month is, is a new, is a new theme. And, um, people have been asking for Vikings back, which was both one of my favorite boxes and one of my least favorite to pack. Um, 
the box came out great and it was like really cool items, but it was a nightmare to pack because drinking horns are a natural product and weigh wildly different amounts. Mm. So when you're trying to make a two pound box and then your horn weighs a pound, like it, it has a variance of like eight to 10 ounces. Uh, yeah. Suddenly you have a three and a half pound box and yeah, you have to rearrange things and it was just, it was bad. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, the leg wraps I put in it were also made out of wool and I had like three different types of wool that I used because I bought all of the store had and they all weighed differently. So it was like this, this process of like rearranging things and trying to make it weigh two pounds. It was, it was a lot of work for one month, but a lot of growing pains i'm sure in the first year of oh yeah um just kind of learning like what do you do when you have to ship 300 things in <laughs> a month like it it's uh it's a lot of work and like mistakes happened and you know somebody didn't get the right shirt size i don't have enough shirts so now i learned that like well i gotta buy extra shirts and now i don't even have shirts in it so i can use that money for um more larp gear and it also cuts down on like mistakes and mm-hmm. the cost of having extra stuff around, which is good. Sure. Um, so it means more stuff can go in the box and provide a better uh, experience to folks. So there's, there's three levels of subscription to the box. Um, yeah. Do you, do you start at the basic level and, and then kind of like add to it as you get to the higher order? They all kind of different. Kinda. I I start with the the middle one, which is Larpbox Premier, and that's basically the one I've had the whole time. And Larpbox Budget, which is the the lower cost one, I added later just to give people an option for a, a cheaper box. So I, I come up with the Premier box first, and then I pull some items out of that to fit into the budget box. And then where I think Larpbox really shines is the Legendary box which I have a bigger budget for, I can put some like full-size swords and armor pieces and costume pieces. What I try to do with those is like, once you pull them out and you have like your basic kit on, mm-hmm. now you've got a full kit. You might have some accent pieces that you can add to your costume and now you've got, you know, a sword, a, a belt, whatever goes with the the, um, the theme I did. Like the Hunter's Box, which just went, went out, had... Um, I'm actually keeping everything that was in the legendary box from that for myself. <laughs> uh, it had uh, um, this cool tomahawk from Epic Armory that just came out with. Um, it had a pistol from B3 Studios. It had a scroll from Davy Jones Locker, which is really cool. Um, and it, like all these things that like once you put them all together, um, you've got a pretty awesome like Monster Hunter kit. No, oh, nice. With minimal extra stuff from your own stuff. Nice. That's really cool. <laughs> so yeah, like I have I have like tight budgets for everything and I have to it's a challenge, but uh having kind of restrictions there helps me figure out what could be cool for boxes and you know, again the constraints make good creativity. Right. So is that Hunter's box, is that your favorite? <laughs> Since you've kept everything or do you have another that's sort of like your favorite box so far? Uh, I do like this box a lot, but <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the favorite items from any of the boxes were um, 
maybe the Rangers box. I kept every from everything from that one too. Uh, it had the bow that I used personally, and it it had a pair of bracers that Ars and Stazer did, and I designed. Nice. Like a handful of other items that I just really liked, and um, Rangers is kind of my favorite theme. Mm-hmm. Uh, I play a ranger in D anD. play I played a ranger at Bickling. Um, you know, like it's it's my my aesthetic. I like it. Sure. Yeah, that's that's where I started as a larper. I started with like a, a ranger. And that was probably the most fun I had until like they outlawed uh, buffer errors. <laughs> oh no! And then, and then I was like, I don't really want to play this anymore. <laughs> well, Ben's been making these cool um, slingshot bows that that launch spell packets. Yeah. Uh, I am really bad with them. I need to learn so that way when I'm selling them, I can make them look functional. But uh, they can take them against like. Uh, LARP arrows and and probably outperform them, especially speed. But uh, oh, wow. but games that like only allow the right. spell packets, you can use these slingshot bows, and they look pretty cool. And um, in hands of somebody who knows what they're doing, not me, uh, that can be pretty effective. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, side story. Right before, right when I first started getting into the game we play now, that Joe's staff at, um, the Facebook group was mostly how people communicated, and I saw that um, slingshot bow spell packet bow from uh b3is and i was like oh are we allowed to use this kind of thing but they said probably not <laughs> unfortunately at least in our game yeah I'm not, I'm not in charge of what weapons we can and can't use because <laughs> yeah for obvious reasons Larps are <laughs> it was just there you know airing on the safe side without ever having seen it or experienced it before you know so yeah it was also to do with like i think the laws as far as like insurance and stuff like that like uh, sure. it was definitely like I think it was either I'm talking out of my ass. I don't really know what I'm talking about, but I think th- there was something to do with insurance where like if we wanted to have that, we had to like pay more or something like that. So like mm. it was just like, do we want to go mm. that route or do we want to make this a game that like everybody can play and feel safe at? And it was sort of like across the board as like staff. Like there were like two of us that were like authenticity, and the rest were like safety and, and fun for everyone. And I was like, "Dang it, <laughs> I guess safety and fun." <laughs> I don't know about insurance stuff, but I know that LARPs, as a rule, are pretty slow to adopt new mm. technologies into their games. Um, yeah, we've had not pushback, but like people worried about the Nerf guns or not the Nerf guns, the B three um, oh, LARP, LARP pistols yeah. and muskets we did. And like, they they shoot soft. They it's yeah. not if you use Nerf guns in your game, then these are going to be fine. Um, but people are worried about them like poking out eyes and being too powerful. And I'm like, look, they're they're definitely not. We calibrated them so that they're not. But um, it's the same pushback you get with like latex weapons and stuff like that. Like people just if they haven't experienced it, uh, they like to be extra extra safe on things, which uh, is good yeah. to a point. But um, Flarp's changing, and uh, uh, some games are pretty slow to adopt new things. I think, but yeah, that's think, a, just a personal gripe. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think it comes with like it. It depends on like how old your Larp community is too. Um, like if you have a community that's Larped for a or really long amount of time, they kind of like want things to be how it was, rather than yeah. moving towards like something different say that about any community but. yeah really <laughs> but uh 
Yeah, I mean, I haven't we've always done it this way. Yeah, I haven't LARPed that right. long, so I'm. I was. I think. I'm. I add. I. I joined this like team of like my friends or whatever that I met on a game that I worked before at, and then we started the game that we're now running, and um, I'm I'm kind of the one who's always like pushing the boundaries of like <laughs> acceptable <laughs> new things, but then a lot of us are like we want to we wanted to create a game that's like pushing the boundaries. We use a lot of technology in a fantasy game to kind of make effects that you know. I think in the past, like people would be like, "Oh, you don't, don't do that. Like, don't use lights and don't use music or sound effects or mm-hmm. like we use like projectors." No, you should like absolutely use machines, everything that you like, can get. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, there's so much that can add to a GM's toolkit now that you can really add to the ambiance. Like having speakers hidden in the woods and stuff, and if you oh, hear yeah. like creepy things going on, like it's not hard to do, but uh, it get such a cool effect and fog machines. I've always, I've never been to a game that had a fog machine. I got super impressed because it just adds so much like literal atmosphere to the game that there, there are lots of like neat hacks and technology stuff that people can use to, to really up the game. Like, uh, yeah. um, I went to new world magic skull and, um, I had all these ideas if I ever, uh, uh went there again and I was like, you know, if you just had a bunch of remote control candles, you could turn them all on with your wand. You know, all these little things that technology can help with. If I thought it would sell, I would have like a GM mm. LARP box, something that would just have like kit stuff in it for for game runners to to help. But almost all game runners and myself included, try to find the absolute cheapest way to do things, and yeah. buying it from from LARP boxes probably isn't. So, all LARPers are pretty uh, frugal, or like as much as they can be. They they tend to be cheap. I do too. Um, I just have the uh, the fortune of being able to buy some nice stuff wholesale. So, right. you know. <laughs> but you're uh, passing that savings on to everyone else, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I think. Buying a LARP box is something like getting a a twenty or thirty percent discount off of retail most of the time. Yeah, like it, it it varies per box because some stuff costs more and whatnot, and it depends on how much I make for it. But like how many items I make for the box. But but yeah, like uh, it's definitely if you identify with the theme, I think you can get some pretty good stuff for your for your kit. If some people that get like multi month subscriptions, maybe they get a box that they don't particularly identify with, but they have told me that they always find a use for stuff. They they give it to another character, or um, they they use it for something completely different, or modify things. But yeah, um, yeah, it's kind of that's like kind of the goal. Yeah, it's kind of like you said with the you were talking about like a restriction. You need to be creative. Same thing if you're given something that you had no clue you're gonna be you're gonna get you to find a use for it. You know, you have to be kind of creative. Like, oh, how can I? I never thought of using this, but how could I? You know sort of presented with a new opportunity. Yeah. Makes people creative. Yeah. Uh, are the boxes, like, it's a secret, more or less, until it's shipped out? Like, people don't know what they're going to get until it arrives? Yeah. how it works? Okay. I try to be kind of vague about the contents for a couple of reasons. Um, one, it's, it's fun to get a surprise. Right. But also, like, 
at the last minute, maybe a company is just out of stock of a thing for some reason. And if I can't get them, then I need to be able to change that on the fly. Mm. I used to order from one of the, the North American Epic Armory distributors and like I would always have problems of trying to get stuff in stock. But now I've switched over to be able to buy directly from Denmark. So that's right. been fixed. And there's been other times where like I've had to do quick changes at the last minute and make an item or switch out an item and stuff like that. So part of being part of me being secretive about it is just so that like sure. I don't accidentally promise something that I can't deliver on, which people like no one likes that. No one likes right. to be like, I you said you're gonna have this thing and you just didn't and that's what I paid for. So we don't want that. We we want people to um be happy with their experience and right. you know, feel like they're getting what they paid for. Yeah. Always under promise and over deliver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool now the stuff you put in the boxes um this probably goes both ways or whatever but do the companies you work with like offer things or suggest things or do you basically totally curate like you pick what you want for each box um i've had a few items that were offered uh but mostly it's me curating what goes in um trying to have a, a good balance of things uh anytime a company has tried to suggest stuff well, not every time, but most times a company is trying to suggest stuff. They're just listing off like the cheapest things they sell for me. And I'm like, uh, it's just not a fit or it's not like the quality I want from a thing. Um, or some folks will will send me messages and be like, I'm a crafter who does XYZ and can I make something for Buck? Like, if you can make a hundred of them in a month, then yeah. But um <laughs> That's that's hard for most crafter type people to do. They just aren't used to working in bulk. But you have done that before, right? I think. I yeah. I, well, I, I've done um, stuff for legendary boxes that way because it's a oh, lot okay. easier to make, you know, twenty twenty five of an item rather than a hundred, two hundred of an item. Gotcha. And and then I can also pay people a little more for the item. Like uh, I did um, the healer's box this fall. And I set up a, a thing with Nymph Forge Studios, who makes really, really cool um, like surgeon kits and stuff like that. And I talked to her and um, was able to order, I don't even know how many, a lot of these things, because people really like healers. And um, uh, she was great about it. We kind of like collaborated on like how much it's going to cost, what was going to go in it, what's going to be made out of. Um, and that that's one of my favorite things to do, is, is work with folks like her, uh, to make something exclusive to LARP box, um, which a lot of like bigger companies can't do. Like I, Epic Armory can't make 20 or 50 of a thing right. just for me. Like they just don't work at that scale. They, they work so much bigger. Right. They have mins or whatever. Yeah. Like if you want 2000 of it, sure. But it, like, you know, <laughs> right. Not there yet. <laughs> that would be, I would probably wouldn't be living in Bangor, Maine still if I was doing 2000 boxes a month. <laughs> But but no, like working with like smaller crafters is really good for for that kind of thing and like a more collaborative experience. It's nice. Mm, yeah. um, plus, uh, they get a big chunk of money at once, and they also get some exposure right. at the same time, which is good. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a synergy there. Um, like exposure on its own, obviously, is is no good. But like, if they get paid a bunch at the same time, then that's something that's valuable to them too. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, what's kind of the What's the future? I mean, obviously, keep going. <laughs> but uh, 
what else are you kind of hoping to sort of accomplish with this? Um, so in January, I'm going to be moving to Massachusetts. Uh, I'm going to be working out of the same place that B3 Imagination Studios is out of um, and probably working more closely with them on some projects and stuff and uh, helping with their marketing and, and things like that because they make great uh, buffer weapons and stuff, but they're not really skilled at marketing. It's just not where their skill set is. Um, so I'm going to help with that. Uh, I'll do some kind of like finishing and make stuff prettier that they make. Uh, kind of the same thing I did for them with the the muskets. He already had like a design that worked and I just made it a little prettier and helped him nice. bring it to the world. Probably be uh, upscaling a little bit, be um, bringing in some other brands next year. Uh, I've been approached by a, a couple cool companies like um, Wyvern LARP Shop or Wyvern Studios. They're a company out of Germany that, um, funny enough, I met a sales rep at Bicoline. <laughs> and they approached me. They're, they're like, oh, you're part? And like, yeah, I run LARP Box. And they're like, oh, yeah, I know about LARP Box. I know all the big companies. And I'm like, you think I'm a big company? That's so nice. I I feel so warm and fuzzy. Nice. <laughs> um, and they make they make really cool foam weapons that are um, it's a similar uh, process that Calamusil uses. They also have like some cool skulls and stuff. And um, I think it's like wyvernlarpshop.de. You can Google it. Probably just like Wyvern Larp and a couple other companies that I want to work with. Uh, Berg Schneider is one I'm going to talk to again. They make really nice like Viking-ish clothing and stuff like that i've worn some of their stuff for a game i went to the the game i went to is not great but the clothing was nice so so that was good yeah so adding adding some more brands um reconnecting with some brands that i have kind of neglected over the last year like i haven't ordered from nemesis in a while and i really want to it sucks because they're friends of mine too and i'm just like i just haven't found a, a box to fit your stuff in yet and uh but yeah i, I don't think i'm gonna do another kickstarter anytime soon uh because those are, they're not, I wouldn't say they're a nightmare, but they are a lot of work in a short amount of time. And, um, yeah, it's stressful. You know, I've, yeah, yeah. And um, unless it's an item that, like, I just think is, is another, like, lightning in a bottle thing that, you know, LARPers need to have and isn't available anywhere, uh, like the muskets were. Like, mm-hmm. you, you can't buy retail foam ball launching muskets anywhere so right. it was just something i like i want mostly i want to see some games pop up that use them because i want to go play um i want to play frontier of the larp it'd be great <laughs> i'll wear lots of furs yeah use a top uh yeah so uh once i'm in massachusetts i'll get to go visit a lot more games because i'll be within like an hour which would be cool um get to kind of reconnect with some some folks that i've I've known in the area for a while, but haven't been able to see because they're four or five hours away. And hopefully, I can talk to some some blockbuster LARPs, some upcoming blockbuster LARPs, and see what LARP box can offer them. Uh, what I've wanted to do for a while is do like care packages for blockbuster LARPs, like uh, something where you show up to the game and you've got like a box full of goodies waiting for you, mm. um, provided so, by LARP box. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get your name out there. Yeah, it's cool. And then it, I also get to do something a little different with it too. Like it, it's it's not just the cardboard box in the mail. I don't have to ship it the same way, so I can add different types of items. Like I don't know, it would be something that I would really enjoy if I went to a game, and I think that players would enjoy it too. So yeah, 
so yeah, those kind of things working on. Um, I've got some some neat projects with B3 that I'm kind of prototyping and trying out. Uh, once those are more finished, then I'll release them. And uh, yeah, so I got as always a ton of things going on. One of the the good things about being self-employed is you have freedom, and the bad things is you have no freedom. <laughs> But but yeah, so that's that's kind of LARP box for the next six to ten months, you know, just growing and trying new stuff. Yeah, sweet. Many trips to to Canada in between. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anything else uh, about yourself or the LARP box product you'd like to share with people that we didn't quite cover? Or... Well, I can do the the where you can find me. Yeah. So I'm on Instagram, Facebook, uh, just LARP box on both of those. Um, I have a Twitter that I don't really use and barely update for Larkbox, but if you are a game owner or um, you're going to be running a game and you want to get some advertising done for like selling tickets or whatever, trying to get your, your name out there, Larkbox is a great way to do it, especially if I've got a theme coming up that fits your game well. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've got a sci-fi game and I've got a sci-fi box, that's, that's a great fit. Uh, we can talk about like how to work together and stuff. And then uh, as far as just regular players, I love doing custom items for folks. Um, it gets me to try things I haven't done or you know, learn stuff. And then I also get to, to really spend a lot of time on one thing, which is nice. Sure. So um, I always enjoy doing custom work for folks. And then I'm going to be starting a couple new services this year. I'm going to do a... I don't have a name for it, but it's like a LARP box crafter's box type thing where um, you get pre-cut like leather items or something that you can assemble and dye and do yourself. Similar if you go to like any of the big leather stores, they like Tandy Leather, they've got like their pouches and their sheaths and things like that that you can buy a kit for. Mm-hmm. Um, except this would be like a bracer set or chest plate or whatever, like things that are actually LARP related. Um so that's nice. gonna happen. That sounds awesome, yeah. I really want to do a LARP box for kids. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've been wanting to do that for a while. I just haven't really pulled the trigger on it. Uh, the same a monthly thing, or just like a one? I think it would just be a one, kind a of one-off thing. thing. Yeah, because kids grow so fast that really you just need right, some sure. some kit that's gonna last them six months, and then when they're too big for it already, then you know swap it out with a small adult stuff, right. and then kind of uh, related to the uh, custom order thing, I'm going to try and do a kind of hero kit service, which is a more like bespoke LARP box thing where you'll give, you'll answer like a survey or something and, and talk about your character and then get items that are like really specific to your character and mm. kind of like punch up your, your whole kit in a really specific way. Uh, I've done this cool. basic. I've done this for people in my guild at um, at Pico. Like, you know, they they come with the LARP gear they've used for years, but really want to like take it to the next level. And so I help them figure out what's going to fit, what's going to not fit, um, what works well within the the game system, and make it pretty. <laughs> Those are cool services. And the like through LARP box, best way to contact you for that custom stuff, or do you have another way you prefer? Yeah. Um, you can contact me through Facebook, but at a certain point, I'll ask you to email me because 
the pages messenger is awful. Right. But sales at larpbox.com is me. And then if you have like questions about um, orders and stuff like that, like uh, like general like customer help things, it's um, support at larpbox.com. And that'll be Chrissy that answers that. She's better at the customer service things. I'm better at the uh, make stuff happen stuff. Yeah, we need both. So it's a good team. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Anything else we didn't ask? Uh... No, I mean, I could like gush about my favorite game for another two hours, but <laughs> that'll just sound like a cult member or something. Well, that's, I mean, that's in a weird way. It's kind of we want to talk to, you know, the ones who are really into it, and passionate <laughs> about it. Yeah. Anything like, sneak peek we can give our listeners for LARP box subscribers that might be a new subscriber coming up like uh, themes coming up or anything like that yeah um, the next theme is going to use a photo from Skull and Co they're a, uh, a LARP group out of Alaska that I also met at Bikulin um, and uh, they take some beautiful photos and um, you can kind of get a, a feel of what I'm going to do next it's not Vikings but it's something that like fits their aesthetic really well. So you can check them out on Facebook and I think Instagram as well. So that's S K A A L and co C O um, on Facebook. You can see their stuff. Cool. Awesome. Well, we definitely appreciate your time Bart, and uh, appreciate your, your whole project and everything you're doing for the LARP community. Uh, I think it's awesome. And, I think you should be uh, you should be set for <laughs> what you're going to do with your time for the next few years at least. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's it's good work. So we really appreciate you coming on. And if you have any other things you want to ask Bart, be sure to check out LARPbox.com. Uh, you can get all the info on the boxes and his store and custom work and and all that stuff. And if you want to put something in a box, uh, definitely check that out and get that working with him. So. And uh, thank you all for listening. This has been 321 Lay On Podcast, Next Level Nerd's official live action roleplay podcast. Visit nextlevelnerd.com. You can connect with us there and see all of our shows. Uh, we also got shows on movies, television shows, and gaming. Search for Next Level Nerd on your favorite podcast app or just in Google and you should be able to find us. Uh, and thanks for listening. And for our listeners, if you do go to LARPbox.com, make sure you use the promo code 321 podcast all one word to get a to get a nice discount there and remember to spread the word spread the nerd cool so thanks for listening and remember to spread the word spread the word (laughs) you did (laughs) words and nerds yeah (laughs) 